Hello, my name is Tate Cornell, and I'm from Washington, and my parents won't let me listen to I Doubt It With Allmore because he f***ing cusses too much. <laughs> the following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. This is episode 173 of the world famous I Doubt It with Dalamore. I am your host, Jesse Dalamore. And sitting across from me at 10.56 p.m. on November 18th, 2015, is the lovely yet tired Brittany Page. Don't remind me (laughs) of what time it is, because I have this thing where if I know what time it is, I know how late it is, then I feel more tired. And if I know like how late I went to bed, <laughs> then when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, oh, I'm so exhausted because I didn't go to sleep so, early enough. So should have I said that uh, that it was like 7.30? p.m. <laughs> yeah, it's 5 p.m. I'll be going to bed in an hour at 6. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Well, you're not the one who has to sit up and make sure this gets posted. I'm and not. Edit out all your curse words, you know, <laughs> all of your calling uh, of, of of refugees, dirty freeloaders. Oh, please. I'm the one who has to take all that out. So oh, I'll be Oh, my up. God. You say it so often, I'll probably be up until, I don't know, four in the morning. So all of you East Coast, Northern Europe, anybody farther east than Kansas, let's say, you're screwed. You're going to get the episode, you know, sometime tomorrow morning, sometime tomorrow afternoon, because Brittany Page is call- causing me so much, so much work. Anyway. Do I sound excited? You sound real excited. I am very, very excited. What are you so excited about? Oh! Aside from this wonderful, wonderful 173rd episode. It is the 173rd episode. Well, one, I'm excited that we've... we. We have listeners that just, they hate Thanksgiving episodes. That is really an interesting thing (laughs) about our audience. I mean, I would love to know why. They hate Thanksgiving so much. It's such a wonderful holiday. Yeah, I know. Well, I figured that we have such a, a, a dynamic and varied audience with experience and station in life, or as in your line of work, they call it SES socioeconomic status. Mm, does that give you experience in life? Your money? A different experience. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. A varied experience, mm-hmm. as I just said. Mm-hmm. And you'd have to listen to what I say to know wh- whether I said what it means. Yeah, I will admit I wasn't. <laughs> anyway, goddamn, you guys. Um, we don't have enough. I mean, we have enough, but not enough. We don't have what I want. So if you're contemplating, you're like, ah, they'll, they, they could do fine without me. Everyone counts. Please submit your your Thanksgiving submission. Submit your submission. You can call 657-464-7609. Just call in with the voicemail. Real, real easy. 657-464-7609. Or email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Thanksgiving, this is the second to last episode until Thanksgiving. We've got this coming Monday, and then the next episode is Thanksgiving. You don't have two weeks. You have no time at all. Quit lazing around. Is that even a word? Lazing around? I'm not sure. I just made it. Well, lazing is a word. It's when you use a laser. Well, okay. So are we going to be doing... (laughs) (laughs) Just stop. Are we going to be doing just the Thanksgiving episode for Thursday next week. Is that the plan? What do you mean? Oh, yeah. We're not going to be doing a regular episode. We don't even charge our Patreon supporters mm-hmm. for the Thanksgiving episode because it's just a feel-good, positive-filled episode. Yeah, we try to do some good news reports, yeah. and then we do the submissions. And then we talk about what we're thankful for, like anybody fucking cares. Anyway, the other thing that I'm the, that I'm happy and excited about... Mm-hmm. Is and I don't know if you know this. This may be news to you. There, they just announced there's going to be a God's Not Dead two. 
Remember the movie God's Not Dead or is it God is Not Dead? Uh, God's God's Not, not Dead. God's right? Not Dead. Yeah. yeah. So we, I do remember it because I watched it. Yeah, we watched the entire ridiculous. Uh, it's like every bad Christian argument, every bad theist argument against atheism, I guess. Well, it's also every bad movie you've ever seen oh, yeah. like wrapped into one. The acting is terrible. The premise is ridiculous. The I mean, it's just everything about it. Well, the original one, and we'll, we'll get off this relatively quickly, it was Kevin Sorbo, the guy who played Hercules. Mm-hmm. He's always been a B movie actor, and this kind of... It revived his B-movie career. I think he claims it's because he is... A conservative. A, a Christian. Yeah, right. No Christians in Hollywood. Zero. They're, they're, they're an punished. oppressed people. <laughs> so anyway, um, we the movie's about him as a professor who's a philosophy professor who makes every student in his philosophy 101 class sign a pledge or say that God is not dead. I think he just has them write it down on a piece of paper and turn it in and then they're they're good. And then there's one, you know, valiant, heroic Christian kid who, oh, I just can't do that. And then he has to convince the class, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, it's complete horseshit. It is hilarious to watch just for the entertainment value of how bad it is. It's like one of those movies you see on Mystery Science uh, theater 3000 or whatever mm-hmm. where they're just bagging on the movie the whole time it was kind of like a porn without the porn <laughs> that's really good yeah right because well, kevin sorbo's not bad to look at right he's a handsome guy wow are they I, coming out with a second movie do i not have crickets here <laughs> anyway, no he is he is i'm just kidding so they uh, they are coming out with a second movie and i'm going to play the two minute and 29 second trailer because it is just that tantalizing. Well, and here's the thing. Let's let's just try to. I mean, this is the sequel to the movie, but yeah. So well, when you, you know how s- sequels are always so good. So when you hear <laughs> right, Grease Two was great. Yeah, horrible um, bosses too. I mean, come on. So I don't know why I thought of that movie. I know we've never seen that. I've also never seen Grease Two. It did terrible. It did terrible. So Melissa Joan Hart is the star of this movie. Yeah, Clarissa explains it all from Nickelodeon. Isn't she also? She plays a witch in something. Yeah, she was uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Which, right. So which I never saw either. Neither did I. But that's so that's the main character in the movie. So when you hear the female talking, she's the teacher. You'll you'll get you'll get it from listening to it even though you're not watching it. Listen, so let's let's do that. This film, this trailer in fact, is a is a B movie cavalcade. It's, it's amazing. A cavalcade of B movie stars. It's beautiful. In this day and age, people seem to forget that the most basic human right of all is the right to believe. No prayers, no moments of silence, nothing. Think of the other children out there who are subjected to their repressive belief system. If we sit by and do nothing, the pressure that we're feeling today will mean persecution tomorrow. We're at war. <laughs> What makes nonviolence so radical is its unwavering commitment to a nonviolent approach. Isn't that sort of like what Jesus meant when he said that we should love our enemies? Yes. You have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. One of your students sent a text to their parents. Did this happen? If you're asking whether I responded to a student's question, yes. And your answer incorporated the words of Jesus. What were you thinking, Grace? The Thollies are asking that you be fired, plus revocation of your teaching certificate. How do we make this go away and not get blood on our hands? We let the ACLU do it. We're going to prove once and for all that God is dead. <laughs> Northern matter, Thollie versus Wesley. Mr. Kane will insist faith isn't on trial here, but that is exactly what is on trial. You're looking to prove that Jesus Christ existed? That's ridiculous. I hate what people like your clients stand for and what they're doing to our society. You're under arrest. These people, they're looking to destroy you. Everyone's telling me to stay out of it. What is your heart telling you to do? I would rather stand with God and be judged by the world than stand with the world and be judged by God. I am not (laughs) going to be afraid to say the name Jesus. If we're going to 
insist that a Christian's right to believe is subordinate to all other rights, then it's not a right. You are the board, I charge you with contempt. I accept the charge because I have nothing but contempt for these proceedings. He's not dead, he's surely alive. He's living on the inside. Great song, I love that song. That's I, gonna be my ringtone. They must have, they must have picked that song because they couldn't afford. Look at this photograph. All right, stop it. <laughs> this is taking it too far. The other thing was fine, but oh my god. So, so the premise of the movie is this teacher answers a student's question, Look at this and she responds and says. <laughs> Something to the effect of... Repeat what you said, because the the wonderful... What's his name? The lead singer of that? The Kruger? Kroger? Yeah. He was was being really loud, so sorry. So the premise of the movie is that Melissa Joan Hart is this teacher. A student asks a question in class. She responds and says something about praying for your enemies, right? So she's giving like a religious... She quotes a scripture where Jesus spoke. Right. So she's giving a religious answer to a student in a classroom. Which isn't necessarily even bad. They're painting. It's a straw man. So then she is accused of doing something terrible. They're going to revoke her teaching license, all all these things. So sounds like a realistic movie. <laughs> wow. Well, we're gonna wait until it comes out on Netflix. And then they're I love clearly how clearly not going to the theater. I love how the prosecutor says that they're gonna prove once and for all that God's dead. <laughs> right? <laughs> who who talks like that? Well, it's all these logical. You can't you can't prove a negative. Well, have you ever? No, no. Just just speaking about who you've interacted with. Have you ever heard? someone who argues against religion say that, that they're going to prove God's dead, right, that God's right. dead. Like what? It is awesome. Awesome and fucking crazy talk. Anyway, that's happening. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't resist. If you want to get a movie made, apparently now is the time. Yeah, no shit. Cause they're anything, accepting anything. Is, well, obviously they made enough money off the second one or the first one mm-hmm. for a second one to get made. Mm-hmm. Anyway, l- let's let's get on with the show. Um, a lot is going on. It is it is uh, even beyond the Paris stuff. It's just presidential politics is going crazy. There's just there's a lot happening in the world. Democracy 2016. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. Bobby Jindal is a dirty, filthy quitter. He decided that uh, running for president isn't exactly his cup of tea. Look, it has been a great honor for me to run for president of the United States. To put this in perspective, my parents came to this country 45 years ago. They came here for freedom and opportunity. You know, when they had me, they were actually living in married student housing at LSU. I don't think in a million years they would have ever imagined that I'd be governor or one day I'd be running for president of the United States. The reality, though, is they told me as a young child Americans could do anything. I believe them then and I believe them now. But, you know, they, this is not my time. I've come to the realization this is not my time. So I've come here to announce that I am suspending my campaign for president of the United States. It's so funny that this happened this week because Michael Steele, the former lieutenant governor of Maryland, was on. He was also the former Republican National Committee chairman. Okay, which yeah. is more important? Which one should I have said? Oh, I don't know. Either one. I was just giving context to who he is. Oh, okay. I thought I failed. Because, so... Well, just being a lieutenant governor of Maryland doesn't say he's a Republican. Oh, yeah, I forgot that part. <laughs> he is and also, a Republican. People aren't political nerds like us who know all this cast of crazy characters. So he was on Real Time with Bill Maher yeah, this weekend. Right? And he said that he doesn't predict that anyone will be dropping out of the race anytime soon. And Bill Maher said, even George Pataki? And he was like, yes, even George Pataki. I don't believe that it's in their best interest to drop, drop out of the race yeah, now. Yeah. And then Bobby Jindal drops out a couple of days later. He clearly doesn't have the prognosticative powers that your humble host has, Brittany Page. Mm, did you predict that Bobby Jindal would drop out of the race this week? Yeah, I just kept it to myself, though. I don't like to share some things. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's useful for everybody. Thank, thank you. 
Um, but this makes sense because he was, I don't think he ever registered above 1% in the polls. No. So, no. and he also was one of the three presidential candidates that attended that religious freedom rally right, that we discussed right. last week where and, Kevin Swanson. And I shot a YouTube video about it. If you'd like to see that, go to my YouTube channel. Little side promotion there. Right. So he was one of those. Brittany, let me plug my YouTube. I love plugging my YouTube. This might be the second time I've mentioned my YouTube channel on the show. Mm-hmm. Proceed. So, <laughs> okay, go ahead. So, like I was saying, he attended the the rally where Kevin Swanson gave the um, sermon, I guess the the rant and raving, yeah, yeah. about um, homosexuals being condemned to death. That's right. So, Bobby Jindal, one of those three, dropped out, and now we're just waiting on. Mike Huckabee and Ted Cruz, since they also attended that rally, those would be anyone who's attending that rally would be the people I'm most concerned about. Right. Oh, and by the way, just for a fact checking measure for the show, I did look into you questioned whether or not we knew for sure that Mm. they were there Mm -hmm. and the candidate speeches um, happened after his speech. Like they were directly on the schedule right before. Hmm. So... If the candidates weren't there, they absolutely had representatives there. It's mm-hmm. just the way it is. Yeah. So, so in other um, campaign-related news, John Kasich has has withdrawn from contention as a viable candidate to get my vote. <laughs> this has been uh, disappointing. Yeah, it's really weird. I, I mean, I'm trying to like make excuses and understand and try to figure it out. And the only thing I can figure to, to so I don't like go jump off a fucking bridge is is the fact that he's pandering here. He's really trying to ingratiate himself to the general electorate, you know, the base of the Republican Party, because he's come up with a cockamamie. Can I say that? Is that too profane? I don't know what that means. <laughs> he wants to create a separate branch not branch he wants to come up with a separate department of government like the irs like the department of the interior like the fbi whatever to to promulgate or to promote judeo-christian values governor nice to see you thank you thanks for being back with us uh especially given the recent headlines right now. We want to talk to you a little bit about national security and foreign policy, but I want to talk to you about something that's making news most recently. One of your rivals, Ted Cruz, has called for a religious test for refugees. He says Syrian Muslim refugees should be resettled in the Middle East in majority Muslim countries. Should there be a religious test for refugees coming to this country? You know, I I mean, first of all, I don't think any refugee should come in now until we can determine who they are, that that our country will be safe. You talked about a new agency that you're promoting today that would help promote Judeo-Christian values around the globe. You're promoting a new government agency, is that correct? Well, you know, look, uh, there's nobody that's spent more time shrinking government and cutting budgets than I have. But you also have to have priorities, you know, when it comes to creating priorities, everything isn't, isn't uh, equal. And, uh, you know, trying to make everything totally consistent is the hobgoblin of small ideas. I so, mean, so let's be clear, what, are, is, what does the agency look, what, in real terms, what would this new agency you're promoting look like? Well, its job would be, uh, would be fundamentally to revive what we used to do when we beam messages into the former Soviet Union. I mean, we need to beam messages around the world about what it means to be, to have a Western ethic, to be part of a Christian, Judeo-Christian society, it means freedom. I'm going to pause it. So he's he's actually saying, making no bones about it, that he wants to promote Christianity and Judaism from the government of the United States, beaming in messages of Jesus and Judeo values. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's a priority. He's he's like, I know I've, you know, been in favor of shrinking the government, but, you know, you got to consider the priorities. Well, he also, it's almost like his get out of jail free card. Look, I've spent enough time trying to shrink government and I've done a lot of that. So you people owe me this. Now let's can, grow the government. I can grow a little bit of government because I've shrunk enough. Yeah, it'll balance out. 
it's uh, it's sad. It means opportunity. It means respect for women. It means freedom to gather. It means so many things. And uh, and to be able to send these messages into a place like Russia, which is uh, absolutely trying to prevent people from hearing the truth, or even in China when they try to figure out how to limit the, the effectiveness of the Internet, and, of course, most particularly in the Middle East where young radicals are constantly fed ideas that lead to more radicalization, I think it's essential we begin to spread who we are and why we are who we are and what we represent. It is essential that we that we do promote this message. It's essential, by the way, that the... Which... Which flavor of Christianity is he going to promote? Is it the Kim Davis, no gays get married on my watch flavor of Christianity? Is it the Westboro Baptist Church? Is it their flavor? Is it the Jerry Falwell, Teletubbies promote homosexuality flavor? Which particular brand of Christianity is he going to beam, using his words, to beam into other countries? Those in the West begin to embrace again our Jewish and Christian tradition rather than running from it, hiding from it, creating... What does that say to atheists and Muslims and Buddhists and all the others that live in our melting pot, as you Well, I also think that we have many uh, moderate Muslims who share our views. They don't... There are many of them. They condemn the Paris attacks. Uh, I think there are many of them that stand out and stand up and speak out, and they should be included in this, and they'd be a very effective part of this. So to support, uh, you know, the Jewish and uh, Christian tradition also involves the ability to have tolerance. Oh, it does, does it? Well, that is fucking news to me, Governor Kasich. The other thing that's news to me is the fact that you completely ignored the part of the question that was, what about atheists? Blah, 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 blah. You just ignore that. Oh, I'll just address the Muslims because they're also a monotheistic religion. How about us? How about the unaffiliated in this country that make up 17 to 23% of the country? Anyway, um, he's off the table, folks. <laughs> I mean, I hadn't endorsed him or anything like that. Not like that fucking matters. I'm just Jesse D. But uh, goddamn, he's, he's jumped the shark as they say. Yeah, it's pretty disappointing. I mean, I think that he's doing this to appeal to the part of the party that he hasn't been appealing to thus far. So he's been that moderate guy and that's not been working very well for him. That's right. So he needed to do something to say, Hey, I'm one of you. I can be like that too. I can do things that are not good as well. It's just, it's, 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 I wanted to say that it's incompatible with our Constitution, but it, it, it just flies in the face of our Constitution. It's We're going to create a government organization to promote religion. It's a fucking flagrant violation of the First Amendment. Right. The, the establishment clause. Because if you have a government agency that promotes Christian and Judeo values, that is establishing those two religions as the religion of the United States. So... He he's either pandering or he's not smart enough about my constitution to represent me as president. So off the table in in more pressing, somber and also still just crazy as fuck news. Donald Trump has also made ridiculous comments about the government interfering in daily religious practices in the United States. Megyn Kelly had on, you know, the old split screen setup on her show where they have the Muslim lady and then the representative from the Trump camp. Well, in the the Muslim woman that you're referring to, she is, I forget where she's from, but she's a Republican Muslim. Oh, really? She's from some sort of organization. I forgot the name of it. I think Megyn Kelly will say in the clip. And... We'll parse this out. Brittany and I are going to pause it, talk about it, and we we would hope you would uh, get pissed off enough to join us with some calls. Again, 657-464-7609. Breaking tonight, new questions for Donald Trump after the Republican frontrunner yesterday suggested that he would strongly consider shutting down certain mosques in the U.S. to prevent the spread of homegrown terror. 
Well, you're going to have to watch and study the mosques because a lot of talk is going on at the mosques. And from what I heard in the old days, meaning a while ago, we had... <laughs> the old days, meaning a while ago, huh? You know, in the old days, you know, meaning, meaning a while ago. I thought he meant the old days, meaning last week, Brittany. I just, he's, he's so I'm confusing. Glad, I'm glad he's so specific with his language. He's just explanatory. I just, what a great president he would make when he speaks this way. Real, real good. He's so good. articulate. Great surveillance going on in and around mosques. So let, 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 let me, let me stop. Chris, Chris did you, uh, you did a lot of reporting this weekend. I, I think I, I picked up this weekend that actually the French have said they will shut down mosques that that bring that, they, that have radical uh, leadership. Is that something that uh, you would consider doing uh, as 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 president? Well, I would I would hate to do it, but it's something that you're going to have to strongly consider because some of the ideas and, and some of the hatred, the absolute hatred is coming from these areas. I'm going to stop it there before the interview, the interaction with Megyn Kelly and her two guests start. Um, where to begin? Well, he says some of the hatred is, and then he's like, absolute hatred is coming from this religion, right? That's what he's saying. Right. What about all the hatred that is coming from the GOP? What about well, that hatred? It's it's not it's not even that, and it is. The two things he mentioned, a lot of the ideas and then a lot of the hatred. Well, I hate to be the one to break it to you, Donald Trump. Uh, ideas are not illegal. And neither, as unfortunate as it is for everyone who is going to disagree with me right now, either is hate. Hate is not illegal. Now, acting upon that hate in a criminal manner is illegal, but simply the act of hating someone isn't. Katrina Pearson is the national spokesperson for the Trump campaign. Saba Ahmed is the president and founder of the Republican Muslim Coalition. Good wow. to see you both. All right, so uh, Katrina, let me start with this. The argument against that, one of them, is back to the First Amendment. That we have freedom of religion, we have freedom of speech, and we're opening up a very dangerous door if we get the government getting to go into a religious institution and decide what amounts to hate speech. Well, Megan, we don't have the right to plot terrorism and kill Americans. And just let me give you a quick example from the not-too-distant uh, past. We have the Boston bombers whose parents came in with visas, refugees, who escaped this mass surveillance program. They belong to a mosque in Cambridge. The president and founder of that mosque was Abdurrahman Alamudi, who is now doing 23 years in prison for planning a terrorist attack in 2004, also from that mosque, uh, Afia Siddiqui, who went to MIT, who was planning a chemical attack on New York City. Mm -hmm. He is doing 86 years in prison, Saba, what not about to mention Yusuf Al-Qaradawi. Experts have said, even experts like Andrew McCarthy, who have studied this, have said that the mosques t tend to be hotbeds for political activity, not as much religious activity. Megan, we go to the mosque to pray. It's absolutely horrifying to hear that our constitutional rights of free exercise of religion are now going to be challenged just because somebody thinks that there may be some uh, attendees who may disagree with um, your views. But the thing is, like, you wouldn't shut down churches just because there was one or two Christians who were acting badly. The, the, the mosque has nothing to do with the terrorists. Yes, there are people who misuse the religion for their um, their perverted ideology, but that's not, and that has nothing to do but with what my about, faith. But what about the point that it's it's the only the mosques that have the extremist leaders? Uh, Megan, the mosque that she was just talking about, the one in uh, Boston, has thousands of Muslims, uh, Americans working very hard in that area. We have lawyers, doctors, engineers, every, civil society, everybody's working hard to be good American citizens. And uh, to think that, you know, just because there was a few people that may have been associated with terrorism that that came to that church, mm -hmm. that, that does not give you the permission we'll you the to shut word, down Katrina, the mosque. Megan, it's not a few people. It's not a few people. It is the founder of that mosque that is in prison right now today for plotting terrorism. And not to mention the ones that have followed after him. But uh, she's a spokesman for Donald Trump. She's being paid by the Trump campaign to be a mouthpiece for the organization. 
and they can't find someone who doesn't understand, well, it's only because the head of the organization doesn't understand, that she's saying with her own mouth this particular imam or cleric or whoever is in prison for 80-something years for a crime. Well, the system worked. The guy's in prison. The mosque is open because it's a church. It's right. a place of worship. She also, she kept saying planned. This person was planning on doing this and then they were arrested. Yeah, they were planning on doing something and then they were arrested right. and this, now they're in jail. This Our justice system, our system of investigation and intelligence gathering worked. There's no need to shut down the mosque. It's too much for the government to to overreach and do. There's been a lot of discussion about the Boston Marathon bombers, the Cernayev brothers. Yeah. They've been a talking point, right? So people are saying, listen, they were refugees. And then people are saying, no, no, they weren't. And so I just pulled up the Snopes article. It says that it's a mixture of true and false. Right. So the Cernayev brothers' father applied for political asylum after arriving in the U.S., and then they say, what's false? The Cernayev family entered the United States by claiming to be refugees. So they came here for asylum. Which is, like they said, kind of half and half. Mm-hmm. They could be considered, I think it's parsing of words, whether or not they were. Maybe not refugees in the, in the, in the, in the way that we're talking about it now with Syria. But it's certainly they're, they're seeking asylum to escape something that they're not a fan of. But this this entire closing down churches thing is, I mean, how, how do you how do you respond to that? Are, are they did they go and are they talking about shutting down Eric Rudolph, the abortion bomber? Are they going to shut down his church? Well, even Dylan Roof. I right. mean, exactly. He that is an act of terror. I mean, was he a Christian? I don't remember now. I just guess I was assuming he was. He's a white Southerner. I'm sure he's not. uh... (laughs) He didn't go and kill a bunch of black people because he's an atheist. But what's weird to me is that, you know, conservatives are supposed to be the champions for the Constitution, right? And you have John Kasich saying, let's create this government organization to promote religion. And then Donald Trump saying, let's close down some mosques. Um, That's not the way it works in this country. That's exactly right. That you just can't do that. So well, they keep pointing to France. Well, France is doing this. France is well, France is different than the United States. France doing all kinds of shit that would not fly in the United States right now. Well, and if they're saying, "Oh, France is doing this," well, guess what? France is still accepting refugees. Right. Absolutely. They have continued to accept them. Right. So, if you want to talk about what France is and is not doing, you might want to check into what exactly they are doing before you do that. It's it's frustrating. I'm going to, there's only 39 seconds left in the clip. Let's just let it play out. This is no different than a Christian church. It's no different than a Mormon church. You've had the DOJ investigate Mormon churches and shut them down. Why don't you go after the individuals as opposed to the You go after the individuals is the argument. Exactly. And well, I'd love to have Trump visit a local mosque in New York or Washington, D.C. I think Mr. Trump has so many uh, business dealings all over the Middle East. He's worked with Muslims. He knows we are good, hardworking people. You cannot uh, alienate the Muslim American voters by targeting our It's not about alienation. You have to investigate Quickly. and you have to implement due process. If it's one person, fine. But if it's the entire mosque, it needs to be shut down. Thank you both for a thoughtful debate. <laughs> thoughtful debate. Well, one, I I would like to say I've seen this posted by liberal Facebook friends of mine who are claiming that this was like Fox News trying to really drive that narrative home of shutting down Muslim churches. And I don't get that at all. I think, if anything, Megyn Kelly was on the side of the of the Muslim gal. Yeah, I don't get that impression at all. I mean, it's well, it could also be that I just love the shit out of Megyn Kelly. So (laughs) you kind of look the other way. Yeah. (laughs) Well, speaking of looking the other way, Shepard Smith, and this has been shared to me by several people on Facebook. They've messaged it to me. And, uh, once again, Brittany and I, our admiration and adoration for Shepard Smith seems pretty justified. Our coverage of the attack on Paris, the investigation, and the hunt for suspects will continue. Our collective heart, of course, is with the victims and the people of France. And it seems to me 
We the people have a responsibility now to protect that which we hold dear. In the face of terror, will we panic or be calm and deliberative in approach? Confronted with those who want to change our way of life, will we abandon our freedoms and the rights granted to us by the Creator? Or will we welcome huddled masses yearning to breathe free? Will we take extreme measures to fundamentally alter who and what we are? Our shining city on a hill is vulnerable. We've always known that. If we change it to accommodate the savages, have they won? And what then would be left to protect? We profess to stand as an example for all the world. Our unique experiment in freedom, tolerance, openness, and equality is our gift to societies and peoples everywhere. Come, join us. Enjoy a chance at the American dream. Today we mourn, but we cannot allow ourselves to become like those who want to destroy us. We cannot resort to the tactics of the barbarians. We must fight for what we believe in and who we are, guard our freedoms faithfully for the generations to follow. And we must not let the rhetoric of potential and political extremists among us lead us to self-destruction. When there's panic, we show resolve. When there's calm for extremism, we resist. We are America. We must lead. And we are modern America. We definitely must lead. Have we not learned from the mistakes of our past where we round up American Indians and drive them onto reservations that got smaller and smaller and smaller, where we march them from state to state? Have we not learned from World War II where we rounded up 100,000 or so Japanese Americans and peaceful Japanese immigrants and put them into internment camps because of our fear. Have we not learned anything? Shepard Smith is a thoughtful, middle-of-the-ground guy. This is reasonable. Yeah, I mean, I can't... I get teary when I listen to that. It's so inspiring and... Um, amongst everything that's going on right now, like he's saying, the political extremism, and you have the right barking these things, and you have the left barking these things, and you don't have enough of people like this that are talking like this, that are calm, that are saying, let's slow yeah, down, absolutely. let's talk about this, let's relax. <laughs> well, and that kind of tone that you're talking about is happening on Facebook as we speak. And it is fervent, and it is passionate, and it is wacky as shit on both sides of the issue. But the side, I mean, listen, the liberal side of this where they're just all comers, just bring them all, all 65,000, don't even look at them, don't try to, you know, background check, as, as a little bit wacky as that is, I think it's less dangerous than selling who we are, our identity and our culture down the drain. It's especially weird to me, having grown up a Christian and seeing some of the things that my past Christian associates are saying. I mean, what what did Jesus say? Suffer little children and forbid them not to come unto me, but fuck them if they're from Syria. I mean, is that what he said? I mean, if these Christians were truly worried about what Christ would do, where are these kids going to have a better chance of coming to get indoctrinated into their Christianity, to be saved for eternal life? That's something I've been seeing people say, too, that I think is a is a pretty fair argument in terms of, well, this is a perfect way to get people recruited to ISIS, right? Give them no options, have no place for them to go. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that kind of foster. I know that the the unemployment argument, the... Disaffected youth kind right, of thing. That, yeah. That's not entirely why people go and do that. But, I'm, you know, that's a contributing factor, they say. So that has been one of the arguments that I've seen where I'm kind of like, huh, yeah, that kind of is well, a good point. It's, it's just... If these Christians were truly following their faith and truly following the red letters, which are the words of Christ in the New Testament, they would want as many of these, these, these Muslims who have been led astray into a false faith, because no man cometh unto the Father but by me, said Jesus. 
There's no way for them to be saved unless, unless they accept Jesus Christ into their hearts. You know what I mean? So where are they going to have the better chance of being saved for eternity, which is a Christian's charge, Syria, or here in God's country, quote unquote, the United States? And listen, don't make any mistake, audience. ISIS is a an organized and well well funded and they they aren't fucking around about exactly what their mission is. I have ranted and raved about it, but it goes so far as they are embracing technology. There has been a report that they have call centers set up for jihadis to call in and get instructions on how best to secretly communicate. We're back from a city, Paris, a city scarred by terrorist attacks claimed by ISIS. American officials say the strongest defense against attacks like these happening in the U.S. is good intelligence. It sounds obvious, but it's not easy because, as our Pete Williams explains, the FBI says it's getting hard to monitor the communication between terror suspects. It's a problem the director of the FBI calls going dark. Though U.S. intelligence officials say they don't yet know how the plotters kept in touch, one senior official says he'd be shocked if they didn't use some method of communication that the police cannot monitor. Counterterrorism officials tell NBC News that ISIS has recently been running a 24-hour help desk, manned by half a dozen senior operatives. They can tell would-be jihadists worldwide how to use popularly available encryption software, such as WhatsApp, Threema, and Telegram. Investigators say when ISIS recruiters find someone sympathetic through Twitter, the conversations are shifted to those applications, which encrypt a message at the moment it's sent and don't unscramble it until it's received. Impossible for the government to monitor, even with a court order. What we are talking about is a very deadly game of cat and mouse, where we have a learning, uh, changing, studious enemy. These applications can also be set to delete a message soon after it's sent. I've set this one to delete it after four seconds. I'm sending it to my colleague, Lauren. It's received, and four, three, two, one, it's gone forever. European officials warned before the Paris attack about another way to elude surveillance. They say even gaming consoles like Sony's hugely popular PlayStation 4 with its internet group play capability can be used to send voice and text messages hard for the government to keep track of. I heard that the most difficult communication between these terrorists is the uh, PlayStation 4. It's uh, very, very difficult for our services. The problem, the online groups come and go so quickly. One cyber expert calls it security by obscurity. Pete Williams, NBC News, Washington. Well, thanks, Pete Williams. But did you hear that? Did you hear that little portion, Brittany? Counterterrorism officials tell NBC News that ISIS has recently been running a 24-hour help desk, manned by half a dozen senior operatives. <laughs> that is... That is wacky. It is very, very odd. Fucking crazy. I mean, so you call in and it's uh, brr, brr, late at night. You're a terrorist. Mm-hmm. This is hard to imagine. For and me. then and then, well, you are. No, you are a terrorist. Mm-hmm. Just not a an Islamic terrorist. OK. So you call because uh-huh. you're confused about Windows 10 uh-huh. and how to communicate with the other terrorists. Mm-hmm. And who do you get on the line? It's Jake from State Farm. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. Are you sure? Uh, who, who, who's this? I, I'm I'm trying to wage jihad. Um, who, who is this again? It's, it's Jake from State Farm. Oh, okay. <laughs> again, I don't think that that works. But this is this is wacky as shit. This is beyond some of the technological capabilities that Al-Qaeda and some of these other groups, Hezbollah, Hamas, some of these other groups have shown. This is a sophisticated level of planning. There's a lot to be afraid of here. I mean, I'm obviously clearly making jokes, but this is serious. Well, yeah, it's terrifying. This report says they answer questions from the technologically mundane to the technologically savvy to elevate the entire jihadi community to engage in global terror. I mean, this is terrifying. Like, here's a number. You have a support network to support you in terrorizing other human beings. I mean, it's that's Jake what... from State Farm. No. <laughs> no. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's no good. It's no good. Tenuous times. They they did a raid in Paris today, early early this morning, late last night, and uh, a woman detonated a, a, a suicide belt and killed herself. Um, they they three were killed. I think three were taken into into custody. This is all off my head. I don't have the numbers. We didn't. It's not on the rundown board. So this operation is is in motion. It's it's fluid. It's happening as we speak, and. Even today, there was a video released where snapshots from a video were released to the public of someone with a alleged or supposed suicide belt who was walking around at places in New York City. Um, I can tell you this, that it would be the worst thing that I would want to be right about, and that is a terrorist attack on our soil at the hands of these filthy barbarians. Let's let's move on. <laughs> I I it is a red letter day when moving on to Ted Cruz is good news. He <laughs> in response to all of this refugee talk and there's been battle back and forth. Obama had some things to say while overseas recently and Ted Cruz responded to something that Obama said. In classic Ted Cruz tough guy fashion. Well, I, w- I will say it's it's fairly remarkable that President Obama. You hear that tough guy voice, Brittany Page? I do. Well, it's a uh, I'm I'm Sammy Davis Jr. Everybody, ah, God, that's terrible, isn't it? It is. I could do way better than that. All right, let's get on with uh, the Sargento Cheese guy. Well, I, w- I will say it's it's fairly remarkable that President Obama has now chosen two days in a row to attack me directly. Uh, he just called me offensive the day before. He called me un-American. Uh, you know, I think that's really quite rich that he chose to do make both yeah, of those insults rich, see? Yeah. on foreign soil uh, while he was abroad, attacking me and attacking everyone else in this country who believes we should not be bringing in tens of thousands of Syrian Muslim refugees, that the Obama administration cannot vet to determine whether or not they are ISIS terrorists. i got to tell you, it is utterly unbefitting of a president to be engaging in those kind of personal insults and attacks. And, you know, he also, he talked about how he was belittling the Republican field as scared. Well, let me suggest something, Mr. President. If you want to insult me, you can do it overseas, you can do it in Turkey, you can do it in foreign countries. But I would encourage you, Mr. President, come back and insult me to my face. Let's have a debate on Syrian refugees right now. We can do it anywhere you want. I prefer it in the United States and not overseas where you're making the insults. It's easy to chop a, to toss a cheap insult when no one can respond, but let's have a debate. We'll do it on any station. I'm sure any one of the TV stations would be glad to host it. And let's have a debate on your refugee policy. Well, first of all, let's get the record straight. He wasn't, it wasn't a matter of this. Come back and insult me to my face. It wasn't an insult. It wasn't anything like that. What Obama said was a difference in policy and talking about that particular policy stance or that look doing this to these refugees and denying people a place in the United States who are fleeing a terrible humanitarian crisis somewhat that we have a hand in that we are responsible for uh he's just saying that's that's not american that's not what we do he's not saying you're un-american you fucking claymation. Right. He's saying the presidential candidates, all of them that are wanting to make this push to only allow Christian refugees in the United States are shameful and not American. Right. So he's not. So the idea is not them. The idea. Right. The push to do that. Yes. Is shameful and not American. Sure. Sure. And who would disagree with that? Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> and I just insult me to my face. I think it's funny hearing him say that. You know, he's like, "Oh, that's that's real rich. Let's fight." Like he's just—it's very inconsistent. I know he's not saying "let's fight." Well, um, it's it is it is aggressive language. It is I'm aggressive. Insult me to my face. It is aggressive language, and when usually when you say that to someone, it's you know it's fighting words. It's, and he say that to my fucking face. Right. He follows yeah. it up with. You I know, think like, I said that to Chris from the radical therapist once. <laughs> really? 
as a joke. I said it ironically, but clearly I said it because it's funny because it is fighting words. Yes. It is in that tone. Well, it's like meet me outside or meet me yeah, at you wanna, the, you the schoolyard. This, you want to take this outside because it's really loud in here and it'd be better to talk out there. Right. <laughs> no one says that. Yeah. We need to have a better conversation. So let's move it outside. Right. So, but what bothers me, and maybe it's because, you know, I've had a past of physicality, you know, whatever, Marine Corps, whatever. Jesse was a Marine, everybody. <laughs> and, but when this Harvard egghead starts making physical kind of talk it always it just rubs me the wrong way nobody thinks this guy's a tough guy i can't imagine anybody actually thinks this guy's a tough guy you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so he's out of his element he is certainly out of his element so let's move on there has been news about two different political candidates who are just fundamentally confused what do you say we start with hillary clinton Former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton was, quote, often confused, according to a 2013 email from her longtime aide, Huma Abedin. The comment, which is likely to attract attention from Clinton's critics on the presidential campaign trail, was revealed on Monday following a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit from conservative legal group Judicial Watch. In the January 26, 2013 message, Abedin gave the note about Clinton while discussing the secretary's schedule from another Clinton aide, Monica Hanley. Have you been going over calls with her for tomorrow? Abedin asked. So she knows the then Indian prime minister is at eight. Quote, she was in bed for a nap by the time I heard that she had an 8 a.m. call. We'll go over with her. Very imp to do that, Abedin said in response. I'm assuming that means important. She's often confused. The email was sent shortly after Clinton received treatment for a blood clot in her head, which was discovered after she sustained a concussion weeks earlier. So it sounds like she was easily confused because of this health concern she was going through. However, this is making headlines because in an email, her aide is saying she's often confused. Her very close aide, Huma Abedin, wife of Anthony Weiner, the sexter, uh, is very close to Hillary Clinton, like almost like a second daughter. She's been with her for a long, long time. Um, and this is, although I think it is very newsworthy... I don't think ultimately it's a big deal because Hillary Clinton has showed herself to be spry, to be mentally acute, to be able to to handle herself um, with, you know, professional, intelligent ability on on the not only the campaign trail, but also on the debate stage. So and, you know, she sparred with mental heavyweights like Jim Webb. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. right so i don't think it's as big a deal um what i do think is a big deal or a bigger deal let's say would be the confusion claims that are surrounding the very tired and and sleepy looking ben carson A top advisor to Ben Carson on terrorism and national security claimed that the candidate needs a lot more information on the Middle East. Quote, nobody has been able to sit down with him and have him get one iota of intelligent information about the Middle East. Former CIA agent Dwayne Clairdridge told the New York Times, the campaign shared segments from a calamitous foreign policy interview from the past weekend on Facebook, despite insider conversations about its failure. Additionally, Claridge said Carson needs weekly conference calls to, quote, make him smart on foreign policy. (laughs) Wow. Later, Carson's campaign said that Claridge has incomplete knowledge of briefings, which they said occur daily, and scorned the New York Times for taking advantage of, quote, an elderly gentleman. Claridge or Ben Carson? I'm assuming they're talking about Claridge. Wow. Either the New York Times or Mr. Claridge overstated his involvement. I don't know which. Campaign manager Barry Bennett told the Daily Beast. Mr. Claridge has no knowledge of who or when Dr. Carson is briefed. He did not respond when asked what the implication was in referring to Claridge as, quote, an elderly gentleman. (laughs) Well, let me tell you something. Um, This is no surprise. We've seen Ben Carson when questioned and talking about international relations. He's fucking clueless. It is clear that he's clueless. This is the same gentleman, Ben Carson, 
who talks about taxation in reference to tithing. And then when asked about it, he says, oh, no, no, no. I just mean the general concept that it should be fair. 10% for this person, 10% for that person. Well, Dick, that's not what you said. That's not at all what you said. You said 10% is good enough for God is what you said. Mm-hmm. Ben Carson is way out of his element. And it's one more reason why I am running for the hills with my pack full of survival gear away from the Republican Party because he is second place. It's sickening. Well, and also you can tell that there is something going on behind the scenes where it relates to foreign policy. I'm not surprised by this report because when you see him in the debates... He has a very difficult time oh, with yeah. questions about foreign policy. So it's not surprising to me that he is requiring, you know, extra attention, I guess, in that area. Well, I think I would rather have Sarah Palin. Well, you know, I, mean, I don't know about that because I probably want Ben Carson over the Sarah Palin because at least he would not be making the decisions. He would be a puppet and they would have people around him to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. It's just ugh, very, very scary that him and Donald Trump are leading by a large margin the Republican field for the nomination to be president of the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, the times in which we live, Brittany Page, the times in which we live. All right, well, let's move on. Second to last story, everybody. Saudi Arabia has declared... All atheists as terrorists. Saudi Arabia has introduced a series of new laws which define atheists as terrorists, according to a report from Human Rights Watch. In a string of royal decrees and an overarching new piece of legislation to deal with terrorism generally, the Saudi king has clamped down on all forms of political dissent and protests that could, quote, harm public order. The new laws have largely been brought in to combat the growing number of Saudis traveling to take part in the civil war in Syria, who have previously returned with newfound training and ideas about overthrowing the monarchy. To that end, the Saudi king issued Royal Decree 44, which criminalizes, quote, participating in hostilities outside the kingdom with prison sentences of between three and 20 years. Wow. So... Let's uh, let's move to let's move to Saudi Arabia. Sounds like a real good time. Right. Because Article one of the new provisions define terrorism as, quote, calling for atheist thought in any form (laughs) or calling into question the fundamentals of the Islamic religion on which this country is based. So simply not believing there is evidence enough to believe in a supernatural being that created the universe is enough to be considered a terrorist. Ugh. Says the monarchy, says the king of Saudi Arabia. Well, this is an interesting thing, right? So he says the Islamic religion on which this country is based. Yes. And we just played John Kasich talking about creating a government organization. That's a great bring around. Yeah. I mean, it's different. I don't understand why these connections aren't being made. (laughs) I'm just confused. Well, that's our job. Everyone listening should promote this episode to their friends so they might be educated to make the linkage. Because clearly, people aren't fucking doing it on their own. Right, but they think that, you know, Saudi Arabia is so wrong. Right. So, is it just because it's a different religion? If Uh, if it was a Christian nation, it would be different? That's exactly right, I think, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Because Trump's not talking about shutting down... Protestant Presbyterian churches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a Protestant. I'm a Presbyterian. He's not. He's not talking about that. He's talking about something that's 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 weird to him. It's strange to him. It's foreign to him. So just one more thing before we move on. Human Rights Watch said the new regulations were also a setback to campaigns for the protection and release of a number of prominent human rights activists currently jailed in Saudi Arabia. So this, of course, makes me think of Raif Badawi, mm-hmm. who is still in prison. I'm not sure if he's still being lashed. Uh, I, I believe it's getting ready to start up again. And so that is a very important point as well, that these new decrees 
are also going to impact that situation where these people are imprisoned for writing blogs. Right. And now they, they could be prosecuted probably under terrorism charges. Right. And their families have been hopeful that they would get leniency, but it doesn't appear as though it's moving in that direction. Right. And when the king of Saudi Arabia comes to America, he holds hands with the president of the United States. It is vile. It is immoral. It's sickening. What do you think, though, audience? 657-464-7609. Email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Go rate and review the show on iTunes. We read a funny one on Stitcher today that called me Jake. <laughs> kind of uh, a la... It's Jake from State Farm. Yeah kind of funny yeah it was something along the lines of oh britney's great and her co-host jake is funny too <laughs> <laughs> anyway we love the reviews they really do help us out relative to getting us in front of new listeners who might not necessarily discover the show otherwise so help us out be a friend submit your thanksgiving submission we really need them we want to hear from you so to end the show though we're going to talk about, since this episode has been peppered with stories of cowards, we're going to talk about a business called The Breakup Shop. Yes, The Breakup Shop is a new service based in Canada, and this is what it provides for you. For $10, you can buy a text or an email sent to your significant other from The Breakup Shop informing them of your decision to break up with them. <laughs> Wow. Now it's $10 for a text or an email, or you can upgrade to $29. And for that, you get a minute long phone call made by one of the breakup shop's two founders so they can explain to them, here's the deal, guy or lady, for a minute. Why $29? Why is it you think that it's going to be a woman buying the service, and I just automatically think it's going to be some completely coward douchebag dude? Who's like, ah, call her. I can't do it. Ah. It's because of our privilege. We're yeah. viewing things from our own yeah, perspective. Yeah, no shit. No shit. Or you can go with this route. A standard letter will cost you $20. Oh, wow. While a customizable letter with explanations and more specific details will cost you $30. Can't you just write your own fucking letter and send it in the mail? Well, it seems like if you're going to be giving them enough detail to where they can write a letter that you would just have like written the letter on your own. Well, aren't you going to have to write a letter to the people to write the letter or right. at least send an email? Yeah. So you're kind of writing it out on your own. <laughs> Might as well just send it along. Right. And save the 10, 29, 30 dollars. They probably just forward on your email. <laughs> they don't even rewrite it. They just like, ah, here you go. That is very possible. That is very true. So let's plug this awesome business for these cowards. It is the breakup shop. Mm -hmm. And the founders say people are already paying for services like Tinder to get them in a relationship. They say, why not pay a service to get you out of one? That is ridiculous logic. Ridiculous logic. Uh-huh. So the breakup shop, you can go to breakupshop.com. And I, I just went to it, and the first thing that... Ah, oh, it just went away. Ah, uh, what? Okay, there's a thing that popped up, and it said, be a heartbreaker, be oh. or become a heartbreaker. So I'm not sure what that means, so, but... So is this like a like a, like a a skeevy Ashley Madison kind of... Oh. What do you see? Uh, well, sorry, I know that I did. That was a... <gasps> I know, well, I learned something new. Nothing serious oh, is happening, well. don't worry. <laughs> um, <laughs> so become a heartbreaker means... Be your own boss, earn a great income, change people's lives. As a heartbreaker, you will perform breakups through texts, oh. emails, letters, or phone calls on behalf of customers to their future exes. They're looking for employees because yes. business is fucking booming. Apparently. Apparently, there are a lot of cowards inside of Canada right now. Is this just a Canadian service, do they say? Um, I am not sure. This is my first time on the website. I have never used the service. It's good to hear. Uh, I just went to their about section. It says the breakup shop believes everyone deserves to be single. All right. Okay. Well, there it is, everybody. You need to break up with your significant other. Breakupshop.com. And if you try it out, 
Definitely let us know oh, how it goes. Yeah, we want to sure. hear about that. We've actually given them a lot of time right now. We should try to call one of the founders and get them on the show. Also, if you become a heartbreaker and start working like that's your official title, you got to call and give us the deets. <laughs> I mean, we want to know how that's going. For sure. All right. One more time with the number 657-464-7609. Voicemail, email, smartphone not in that order i doubt it at dollamore.com we love you we really appreciate you guys thank you for taking part in moving the conversation forward twice a week it means the world to us and together we really truly are making a difference for Brittany page i am jesse dollamore and this has been i doubt it yeah, he's surely alive He's living on the inside Rolling like a lion <laughs> That's a great song <laughs>